The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, it's Adam Sank. And if you like my radio show, you'll love my comedy album, Adam Sank, live from the Stonewall Inn. <gasps> oh my goodness! What? Felatio? Really? Available on Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play. For comedy. Almost horny! Politics. The gay spin on the story was like, Queen Elizabeth fucking loves us. Pop culture. I'm not a sports fan. I don't follow this shit. Sexual harassment of celebrity guests. And you are always welcome in my apartment in New York City. And by my apartment, I mean my bed. <laughs> and poetry. Hotter than Vesuvius. More well endowed than the Mastodon. It's the Adam Sank Show on Derek and Romaine 2.0. And for the next hour, you're in the ass. And now, the one, the only, Adam Say! Bottom. Shalom. Shalom, everyone. I can't hear myself. Am I I on? Hello? Hello? Hi, this is Adam Sank. Today is Sunday, April 29th, 2018. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are back live if you're listening at adamsank.com slash podcast, uh, which means you can call us. You can actually call in and speak to us at 844-825-5367. Old episodes of The Ass are now available on iTunes. You can email me at adam at adamsank.com. Please like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page and above all, donate to my AIDS walk page at adamsank.com. If you just go to adamsank.com, right there at the bottom, there is a link to my AIDS walk page. The walk is coming soon, you guys, and I'm still about only uh, halfway, a little over halfway there to my $20,000 goal, so please help. We have an incredible show today. Our guest is going to be former porn star turned comedian Aaliyah Janine. She's hilarious and awesome and has a lot of fabulous stories, so we are looking forward to... Uh, seeing her. Also, in the studio today is someone who has twice been on this show as a guest, but never before as a coho. He is a listener favorite, and we are very pleased to welcome everyone's favorite trans male sex worker, Jay. For having me again. Jay, it is such a pleasure to have you here. Are you are you nervous co-hosting? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because it's live. It's so live. Anything could happen. (laughs) Uh, I'm thrilled to have you here. And also, we have a packed house, because in addition to Jay, Katie, and JB, there are two brand new interns that I'm seeing for the first time today, uh, Andrew and Elvis. Come over here, boys. I I have to tell you, when Jay and I got on the elevator, these two got on with us, and all I was thinking was, like, who are these two little hot pieces of ass? (laughs) And I was all set to, like, hit on them, and then I discovered that uh, not only are they our new interns here at DNR Studios, but also one of them is 19 and the other one is 24. So I'm old enough to be their grandfather, I think, if you do the math. <laughs> Certainly their father. Uh, but welcome, boys. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Which one of you is 19? Me. That's so young. <laughs> that's really young. So what year were you born? 1998. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, it is. Isn't that sad? <laughs> uh, where are you? Did you guys grow up in New York? No, I'm from Puerto Rico. I'm oh. from Dominican Republic. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, have you been having fun so far in the DNR family? Yeah, it's of awesome. course. <laughs> great people. Has anyone that of besides sounded really shady? I know it did. <laughs> right? It was like, yeah, great. Yeah. Has JB, it keep it quiet? Has anyone besides me hit on you inappropriately? I mean, Elvis hits on me all the time. Is that true? <laughs> Why are you guys coming after me now? <laughs> I, I, I believe that. He looks like trouble. You're seriously, like, both of you are very adorable. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank I you. approve of these interns. I think they're well qualified. <laughs> you got the ass of approval. But, I mean, speaking of ass, let's not even go there. But uh, but it's lovely to have you here. I hope you learn a lot uh, during your time on the, uh, the shows. And I hope we have you for, uh, well, not have you, but I hope you're here for many weeks. 
Of thank course. You. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Aiden. We'll like JB, around. you might have, you know, eventually become a permanent part of the family if you. They're not that good. If you play your cards don't, right. No. Don't, don't get their hopes up. We <laughs> love you, JB. We love, we love you, JB. Not yet. Not yet. Well, it's lovely to have you here. And, um, Jay, and anything new and exciting with you? Um, uh, well, you know, with Craigslist taking down their personal ads. Oh, right. I, uh, I'm running low on work. I bet. I'm, I'm working legal wage earning jobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sucks. We don't yeah. want you doing that. No, but seriously, that was a huge blow. Yeah. No pun intended, no pun intended to yeah. the sex work industry. Really? Yeah. There's been a lot written about it. It, it pretty much took me out of commission because, you know, I use my websites to really just to sort of legitimize myself. I, I don't get a ton of work through the websites. It was really just most of my stuff was through Craigslist. That sucks. And then with um, Rent Boy taken down too, you're you're like getting it. I'm with uh, I'm with a massage site now, and I'm with another escorting site. But fortunately, you have a lot of repeat customers, right? I do. Like Lisa, like Lisa, who we've your talked favorite. about a lot. Lisa, who is a a, a, a cisgender man, a Hasidic yeah. Jew, who yeah. likes to be feminized by you. Yes. And called Lisa. That's right. Has and he been back since the last time you? Not were on? since the last time I was on the show. No, I haven't heard from him. But um, I suspect that I will because it's it's about time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he was probably busy with the Passover holidays and <laughs> and his family and his family. He's, he's he's not married, right? Yeah. Oh, he's. Oh, oh yes. Oh, so sad. Yeah. All right. Well, it's great to have you here. And you. Uh, like I said, Aliyah Janine will be coming up. We have to do uh, up top what we do every two weeks when we are live, which is our regular Pervnado update. There's the Pervnado siren. And this was a pretty big uh, couple of weeks for the Pervnado, Jay. I, I didn't. I always think it's not going to be one, and then suddenly all hell breaks loose. Um, and there was a big one that broke just in the last few days. So here are all the sexual misconduct scandals that have erupted in the two weeks since we were last live. Here we go. A woman who worked as an NBC correspondent says longtime network anchor Tom Brokaw made unwanted advances, including groping her and trying forcibly to kiss her two decades ago. Linda Vester, who covered the Middle East and Africa for NBC and later joined Fox News, was in her 20s at the time she alleges Brokaw made the advances, according to Variety magazine and the Washington Post. Vester produced contemporaneous journals that corroborated her story. Brokaw, now 78, responded through an NBC spokesman, quote, I met with Linda Vester on two occasions, both at her request 23 years ago, because she wanted advice with respect to her career at NBC. It's my Tom Brokaw impersonation, <laughs> in case anyone's wondering. The meetings were brief, cordial, and appropriate. And despite Linda's allegations, I made no romantic overtures toward her at that time or any other. <laughs> now, I, uh, I have a personal connection to this story. Let's hear it. Which is that I, as some of you know, was a producer at Fox News Channel mm. for six years from 96 to 2002 and Linda Vester was someone I worked very closely with. I did not know that. That's yes. pretty you worked for But I worked at themselves. Fox. Yeah, can you believe it? Yeah, no, I can't. It's something I'm still trying to atone for, JB. <laughs> okay. I worked for the day side. I worked for, you know, the 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. hours, which tend to be like a little bit more legitimate newsy. They're not I didn't work for O'Reilly or Hannity oh, or any of those okay. cunts. Fair enough. <laughs> but I but Linda was actually terrific. Yeah. Linda produced, or, or rather hosted, the 2 o'clock hour of Fox News Live, and I was her producer for two years. I was the voice in her ear. She was very professional. She was very smart. She wasn't one of those Fox News bimbos with, like, the long blonde hair yeah. and the long legs and the titty dress. Like, she was, like, a serious journalist. And I believe her. I believe her. Yeah. I, I don't think she would make this up. I don't think she'd have anything to gain at this point. She doesn't even work in news anymore. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, when I was in grad school, I had a classmate, a very beautiful black woman named Joanna, who went on to work for NBC in an internship, a special diversity internship that they had at the time. And she told me that during a group photo with all the other interns and Tom Brokaw, Tom stood directly behind her and pressed himself into her. Oh. And she told me at the time, she's like, I remember thinking, get your dick out of my ass. <laughs> so I tend to believe this. All right. But Tom Brokaw is not taking it lying down. He uh, released a very long, like a five-page statement that he emailed to people at four in the morning. And it just goes on and on. And he kind of attacks her. Um, 
and says, I am facing a long list of grievances from a former colleague who left NBC News angry that she had failed in her pursuit of stardom. She has unleashed a torrent of unsubstantiated criticism and attacks on me. And then it just goes on and on and on. You can Google it if you're interested. But he is really pissed about this. Yeah. So we shall see what develops. Meanwhile, a massage therapist, and this is a story near and dear to your heart, Jay. <laughs> a massage therapist is suing legendary Marvel Comics creator Stan Lee of inappropriate touching and misconduct during two sessions last year in Chicago. Wait, no, Stan Lee. Yeah. Oh, my God. Maria Carballo filed a five-count lawsuit on Monday claiming Lee assaulted her by fondling himself and touching her with his genitalia. Mm. Lee is 95 years old. God bless him. And is the co-creator of Spider-Man as well as Black Panther and yeah. many other uh, Marvel, legendary DC, Marvel comics. He created the whole Marvel universe. Yes. Caraballo's lawsuit claims that she was sent on two occasions to Lee's hotel suite at the McCormick Place Hyatt Regency. During the first massage, Lee allegedly fondled himself causing her to stop the massage and leave early. Carbio claims that Lee apologized through her employer and returned for a second massage appointment the following day, during which she massaged Lee using her feet instead of her hands. During this, she says Lee moved her foot against his genitals, prompting her to leave once again. Lee's attorney has denied the allegations, calling them a shakedown. But Lee faced a similar claim in January from nurses who care for him at his home. Mm. They made allegations of sexual assault and harassment against them. Jay, have you ever massaged someone with your feet? Uh, yes. Not not a full-on massage session. I've got, um, one, <clears throat> I've got a few people who are interested in feet, but one guy in particular where we've never even fucked. It's just I do things. He looks at my feet. I will give him a foot job. You know what I mean? Like instead of a hand job, I jerk him off with my feet. Mm. And so, you can do that to completion? Yeah. Um, it's a lot more difficult than it sounds. Yeah. You're like rocked backwards trying to use your feet like this. And it's like doing. Do you rub them back exercises. and forth like you're trying to start a fire? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, I use the palms of my feet to just cup around his dick and just move up and down. Wow. And he loves it. Well, Maria claims that she used her feet so she wouldn't have to touch him with, with her hands. And even that didn't work. So uh, we shall see what develops with Stan Lee. Meanwhile. Two women who used to work for R. Kelly no longer do. Kelly's entertainment lawyer, Linda Mensch, <laughs> I've been told that I'm a Mensch, <laughs> confirmed to the BBC that she no longer represents the singer who has also been ditched by his executive assistant, Diane Copeland. Both women claim that their departure had nothing to do with the BBC Three documentary, R. Kelly's Sex, Girls, and Videotapes which alleges that Kelly holds women against their will and that he knowingly and intentionally infected a 19-year-old woman with an STD. Mm. Mensch and Copeland are not the only two people who have left uh, R. Kelly recently. His publicist, Trevion Cootie, <laughs> also jumped ship. Cootie told Rolling Stone, effective April 16th, I no longer represent Mr. Robert Kelly. Kelly has faced a multitude of sexual misconduct allegations over the years, but they've come to a head recently after several women shed new details on the singer's private life. He still hasn't been charged with anything since he was acquitted of child pornography charges in 2007. I don't think that's the last we'll hear about this. Meanwhile, two-time Olympic gold medalist Steven Lopez and his older brother and coach Gene Lopez were accused in lawsuits filed Wednesday in Colorado of sexual misconduct involving two female Taekwondo athletes. Gene Lopez is a weird name, isn't it? Like it, it doesn't go together? Yeah, it's like being named Shlomo McNamara. <laughs> Amber Means Randall, who won the National Collegiate Taekwondo Association Women's Lightweight title in 2011, says she was subjected to sexual assault, abuse, molestation, and sexual touching and harassment by Lopez beginning when she was just 17. Another athlete, Heidi Gilbert, who was a 2002 Pan American Games gold medalist, said in her lawsuit that Jean Lopez gave her a drink at a party uh, during 2003 that caused her to slip toward unconsciousness, kind of a, a Cosby move. Yikes. She said the drink so incapacitated her that she was unable to prevent Jean Lopez from sexually assaulting her in the backseat of a taxi cab. The lawsuit also alleges that Steven Lopez, who is a two-time Olympic gold medalist in men's taekwondo, engaged in sexual activities with underage athletes at tournaments around the world, including the 2008 Olympic Games in Beijing. 
Both Lopez brothers have denied the allegations, and all of that has happened in just the last two weeks since the ass was live. That's pretty cray-cray, huh? Yeah. Dan in Connecticut, you're on the phone. Hi, Adam. Uh, I got to tell you, a lot of us uh, time shift the show because it's a Sunday at 3, and usually that's like family time or something else we might be doing so we can't listen live. Sure. But there have been a couple of subjects that I've been wanting to call in, so if they ever come up again, I'll try to listen live and respond then. On the sexual allegations, I don't get uh, why these guys today and now, and since we have uh, hi- hire a prostitute, a professional to, you know, they have so much money, why can't they, they just hire a prostitute to do this type of stuff that they want to do? I wonder if it's just uh, like a power thing for them. And they, they don't really want to go that route. Yeah, I think you answered your own question. I think, you know, like you said, a lot of these guys don't need to uh, harass or assault someone if they want sex. They could have gotten it anyway. But there's something about pressuring people, about coercing people that they get off on. And it's really sick. I, well, you can, from the your, your co-host there, you can ask... Um, Jay? You can ask your co-host, yes. You can ask your co-host about... Uh, of role play and I'm pretty sure they can get into a pretty good role play if you really want to um, get somebody uh, aggravated or have them play a certain role. I wonder how how far they would be pushed. In other words, you're saying what, you don't have to actually do this. You can just pretend that you're doing this with a willing participant. Yeah. Right. I And, and, and I certainly get requests f- for similar things i get requests for everything but i think that what you and adam are both saying is exactly is exactly right this is about this is about power and it's i don't even know that it's about sex per se like i think you know sexual assault is is that's a crime of violence it's not a sexual crime well and in the case of bill cosby who of course was found guilty just this past week of um of drugging uh and sexually assaulting andrea constand Cosby, if you listen to Cosby's comedy over the years, he's mentioned a number of times this notion of Spanish fly and giving women drugs that would make them go crazy and be sexually uh, insatiable. And this is something that he's kind of been obsessed with, it seems, since he was very young. So, yeah, you could role play that, but I don't think that's going to be enough for someone like him who really has this severe fetish where he wants to have sex with a drugged woman. Yeah. And unfortunately, you can't do that without committing the crime of rape because drugging a woman or anyone and then having sex with them is is non-consensual. I'm sure that your uh, co-host there can pretend to be drugged up pretty well. Yeah, but (laughs) we're saying it doesn't do anything. All right. Thanks for calling in, honey. I appreciate your... Was there anything else? No. Oh, is he he gone? That was my bad. Oh, it's okay. That's all right, JB. Thank you for calling in and thank you for listening. We just have to move on. Um, I want to talk about Tyra Sanchez, Jay. Okay. Have you been following this mess? A little bit. You know, I do a, I do a podcast um, separately from here, and we discussed, that's when I found out about it, was this week's podcast that I did um, a few days ago. Yeah. This is craziness. <clears throat> I think so, too. Well, the la- uh, two weeks ago when, when uh, we were live, we played a soundbite of Tyra threatening, uh, what sounded like threatening violence against Fifi O'Hara and Tatiana Ali at DragCon. Well, it got worse uh over the past two weeks because she posted something on Facebook that said, quote, fair warning, do not attend RuPaul's DragCon on May 12th, 2018. Don't say I didn't warn you. Yikes. Many people on Facebook, including myself, commented that her post was not okay. One person writes, quote, 427 mass shootings in America in 2017. 96 in 2018 alone, and you think it's cute to post a warning like this? This is not okay, Tyra. I actually reported her to Facebook because I felt like this is threatening violence on a mass scale. Facebook wrote back and said, we've reviewed your report, and we don't find that she's in violation of any of our standards, but thanks. Huh. You know, because it doesn't say a bomb will go off. Is that what you have to do? Apparently, you have to be a lot more explicit for Facebook to give a shit. Of course, if if I post a picture of a butt cheek, yeah, my Facebook account's get, taken down for a week. Get, that's right. You go on Facebook jail. But um, I know JB may disagree because we we talked about this last time. But I uh, 
I don't condone mass shooting or violence. I do, uh, like I said like, a couple weeks ago, she was pushed in a corner. Okay, fine, fight back. But when you say you're going to hurt other people, especially people who have nothing to do with it, that's right. I draw a line. She's threatening just ordinary people that are that's going to drag con. They didn't do anything. Yeah, right. I, I don't... Get your revenge on that one person. Don't see it on other people. They didn't do nothing to you. That's, that's how I feel. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah. And uh, like I said two weeks ago, it's it's a bad thing for people who are attending DragCon. It's also a bad thing for her. She's she's really fucking herself so hard. Yeah, yeah. And it's just sad. Because, it is very sad. You know, I think a lot of these people, not just drag queens, but people who become famous very quickly um, can't handle it. Yeah. And they start to implode, and I think that's what we're seeing with Tyra. Do, what, do, do we even know? I mean, it's not that it matters, but do we even know what the feud is about between Fifi O'Hara? Yeah, Tyra Fifi, Fifi and-, and Tati and some of the other queens have thrown a lot of shade at Tyra, and it's gone in both directions. I think she's gotten um, uh, the brunt of it because people just don't like her. She's known to be a rather difficult person to deal with. And I don't know all the backstories. If Ryan Frostig were here, he could give you like the entire <laughs> history. Um, oh, speaking of Ryan, uh, please welcome Ryan Frostig on the phone. Ryan, you say what? Hello. Hi, honey. How did I know hey, that you Ryan. were talking about Drag Race? I just sensed it. I was like, I'm going to call in and say hi. And then I'm listening in and I'm like, of course they're talking about Drag Race. This <laughs> and is the universe. So explain to, Jay how, explain to Jay how all this bad blood between Tyra and the other queens started. Well, Tyra's been sort of the misfit of the winner's circle. She, like, she's one of the earlier winners, and she's just always, there's always been some sort of, like, controversy around her. She was arrested for, like, possession of marijuana, and, like, she had a DUI, and... Oh, I didn't know about the the DUI. All right. Yeah, that was the whole thing for a while. And then she's just basically been, you know, a very outspoken queen, and she's always on Twitter, like, calling people out and... And she's just like, look, she is a garbage person, but Adam, you know how I feel about this. For anyone that thinks that Raven was robbed on season two, yeah. she was not robbed. Yeah, Ryan Tyra maintains a- that Tyra deserved to win, even though she's a garbage she person. <laughs> okay. In 2009, she deserved to win. Obviously, looking back, it would have been better for the brand had Raven been the winner because She's obviously gone to have a really successful career, but like if you look at her track record, if you look at what she actually did on the show, she was the clear winner. So that's what I have to say about that. All right. Well, there you go. Thank you for your keen insight. <laughs> the one topic <laughs> that you know about. <laughs> the only thing I know about. <laughs> and eating that's booty. terrible. That's You're right. No, he knows about uh, eating booty. Thank you, JB. And he knows yeah. about musical theater and a host of other gay things. Eating it or, I think or that getting makes me it pretty well rounded. Oh, he likes eating it. Oh, does uh, both. He? Do you? Yeah. Oh, but I like getting. I'm, I mean, I'm not opposed to getting it myself. No, but you really love to. You're more of a, oh, yeah, of yeah. a diner than a. Uh... You know, I never thought that I would be yeah. into that until I tried it out with my one of my partners and. I got, I mean, I don't want to gross out anyone in the room, but I got so turned on. I was so wet that I was literally, it was dripping. Yes, Miss Thing. Your yes. pussy was dripping yeah. while you were eating your partner's ass. Yeah, I really got into it. And now mm-hmm. and now I know that I like that. No, this is why we have Jay on the show. <laughs> Ryan, stay on the phone with us because we're just about to talk about Ro- Robbie Turner. Okay, I actually have to go. I just wanted to what? say hi. And, um, well, I'm coming back from brunch. Oh, I'm of with course Derek you are. and his boyfriend. Hi, Derek and boyfriend. All right. Well, thank you for calling in, and um, we look forward to your being back on the ass soon. All right. I love you. Bye. I love you. Bye. Bye. So another former RuPaul's Drag Race contestant was in the news for all the wrong reasons lately, and that's Robbie Turner. Um, Turner is based in Seattle, and she started tweeting some shit about having been in a car accident in an Uber and she wrote, I just woke up. I've been in a car accident. I don't, I didn't recollect it. I'm not certain what happened. My driver did not survive. Then later she posted, last night on my way home, my Uber was struck by a drunk driver. I closed my eyes briefly and it happened. I heard it, but hit my head and it was over. They ran tests at the hospital, but outside of my shoulder feeling jammed and my right eye hurting. I only have a bruise. Grateful. So, 
you know, initially everyone was shocked and horrified and they were like, oh my God, we feel so bad for you and we hope you're okay. And then people started to look into this and it's not that hard to find out whether or not there was a fatal accident involving an Uber driver, especially in a city the size of Seattle. It's not, you know, it's not an enormous city. Yeah. um, Certainly compared to like New York or LA and, you know, Seattle PD and Uber and all these other uh, authorities started saying, hey, the there was no fatal car accident that night. No Uber driver was killed. We don't even have a record of an accident, period. So then other Dr- RuPaul's Drag Race queens started shading her like, uh, what the fuck, <laughs> you know? Um, well, yeah. So, so. Well, and Robbie hasn't said a word since those initial tweets. This was this happened like 10 days ago. So there's an update to this, which is that Robbie's home bar in Seattle, it's called Queer Bar, Queer Slash Bar, um, tells The Stranger, which is the alternative newspaper in Seattle, yeah. uh, that Robbie will be, t- will be taking a personal leave from her role as Queer Bar's entertainment director and weekly drag show host. Queer Bar's owner and operator, Joey Burgess, was quoted as saying, Robbie will be taking some time away to try and figure out what's best for him. So it wow. sounds like... little little meltdown? little meltdown... Maybe yeah. there's a mental illness issue. Maybe yeah. there's a, a drug issue. Something's um, going on. But it's very weird that you would just fabricate a fatal accident. Yes, man. For attention or sympathy. So that's what's happening with her. Meanwhile, in Washington, there's a uh, story that's been happening for the. Uh, it, ha- it started a couple weeks ago, and it's um, it just freaks me out. Stories like this always freak me out, and I, and I'm also fascinated by them. D.C. police are looking for an assistance after the are looking for assistance after the death of a 34-year-old gay attorney who worked for the US Transportation Security Administration. Um, he was found dead with no visible signs of injury inside a parked car on 8th Street in DC. His name was Daniel Patusik and he was discovered around 7:40 a.m. on uh, 7:40 a.m. on Saturday, March 31st by a pedestrian. People who knew Putusik had posted messages on social media saying that he was gay and patronized at least one of four gay clubs located within two blocks of where his body was found. They have no idea how he died. Uh, then they did an autopsy and Well, they're no- doing an autopsy and they're doing toxicology, but it hasn't come back yet. Um a police report says when officers and an ambulance ar- arrived on the scene, they found no sign of life uh, and no ID on him, no wallet, no anything else. The owner of the car, a D.C. resident named Alexander McLennan, told police he didn't know Patusik and has no idea how he wound up inside his car. How oh, weird. When he arrived at the scene after being contacted by police... He observed that the vehicle's glove compartment had been damaged at some point after he left it parked on the street the night before. Police have not publicly disclosed how they ultimately identified Patusik, um, but there was a fingerprint check at the autopsy. As an employee of the TSA, which is an arm of the Department of Homeland Security, he most likely would have been fingerprinted as part of the routine process for obtaining a security clearance. Sure, sure. So that's super weird. His mother, Linda Patusik, says she has many questions about the mysterious circumstances surrounding her son's death, including how he got into a car that belonged to someone else. It's really fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And he was beautiful. Like, I saw pictures of him. He was really beautiful. How old a guy? 34-year-old gay guy Young. in D.C. And he goes out for a night, and he winds up dead in someone's car with no apparent trauma. Yeah. It is so fucked up, and I'm obsessed with this story. I'm, I've been checking every day to see if there are updates. Yeah. So far, none, but I what will let you guys know. What if he was killed and then moved to there? Like, But there were no visible signs of, how was how would he be killed? I mean, okay, uh, let's say cyanide or poison, some type of poison could kill him. Like, no visible signs, we just say, and they're just doing the autopsy. Yeah. So we have no idea what kind of internal thing is going that, on with it. But if that if, if it's going to be something crazy like that then that that brings up more questions than it answers. Like what was he into that somebody exactly. would want to do we that? We don't know people's lives. Like things just happen. It's I mean crazy. to me the most likely uh explanation is that he overdosed. Yeah. And you know there wouldn't be any signs of trauma if you did something to yourself if you took pills or or heroin or whatever. But the fact that you would wind up in a car 
belonging to someone you don't know. Like how does how is the car even unlocked? It's yeah. it's really it's disturbing. And the fact that he worked for Homeland Security just makes it all the more ominous. Yeah. You know, I'm sure it's only a matter of time before Fox News starts blaming this on Hillary Clinton. <laughs> um, but we'll have to see Stay what tuned. happens. In much happier news, um, you know that guy, David Hogg, one of the Parkland survivors? I love this story. He's become um, a, a spokesperson for um, for the, the, the survivors and the dead at Parkland, as well as a strong advocate for sensible gun reform. He is going to the Parkland prom with Cameron Kasky, another survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, Cameron Kasky is openly gay. David Hogg has not really identified himself as gay or straight it could be that they're just going as friends um but they tweeted they posted it on social media uh, a picture of themselves that said prom 2018 and it's just cute and it also made me think like how weird is it to go to your prom the year that your school is shooting up and 17 people are killed you know like what kind of prom is that going to be yeah I'm glad they're doing it. That's something that they will have to fight through. Like, I feel it's better to them to throw a party rather than be sad. Because I know my death. I rather people celebrate my life than be sad over my death. Well, let's hope your death doesn't happen anytime in the next uh, (laughs) sixty-five years. No, but 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 I but I think JB's uh, point is is right. Remember, after nine eleven, SNL didn't know whether or not they were going to broadcast, and they decided to because America just needed to laugh. They just needed to have fun. Yes, I think this is. I think this is that. I mean, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. And I I mean, I think it's great. I just think it's got to be so fucking weird to like go to your prom and have 17 people not there because they were killed. Yeah. Like in front of you. I can't even imagine. Um, But it's lovely that uh, that David and Cameron are going together. And And they're adorable. And they're very cute. And maybe David is gay. And uh, if he is, maybe we'll hear about that later. One person who has come out as a queer black woman is Janelle Monet? Love her. Yep. Just in the past week, she said, quote, being a queer black woman in America, someone who has been in relationships with both men and women, I consider myself to be a free-ass motherfucker. Would it would. That's what she said to Rolling Stone. She gets this. Yas, queen! Monet says she originally identified as bisexual, but then, quote, later I read about pansexuality and was like, oh, these are things that I identify with too. I'm open to learning more about who I am. Mm-hmm. Pansexuality is when you have sex with pans. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that. Monet, in February, released the music video for Make Me Feel. She's never been explicit about her own sexuality, but she's also never been entirely private. Um, there's another a song and video called Pink. Love that song. I where she says, video. like, my favorite... Yes. What is it? My favorite color is pink. Or? We're, we're all in. Uh, she's oh yeah. She's she talking about the vagine and also the inside of tongues. is very is very sexual. It's erotic, right? Super sexual. I love it. She was just on CBS Sunday Morning uh, this morning, and she has a really great story. She comes from Kansas City um, to a very large family. Her dad was a, a crack addict for many years, and oh. then got clean and came back into her life. And they always knew that she was going to be. Uh, something special and she's gone on to become this incredibly successful singer and actress yeah absolutely so good for her coming out of the closet Yay. come on, on. on. Yes, queen. thank you JB and finally our last story before we welcome our fabulous guest is that a uh, young military veteran whose genitals were blown off by a bomb has received an extraordinary transplant a penis scrotum and portion of the abdominal wall taken from a deceased organ owner this happened last month at johns hopkins hospital it was the most complex and extensive penis transplant to date and the first one performed on a combat veteran maimed by a blast Uh, there was another successful transplant in south africa in 2014 and in massachusetts in 2016 but they only involved the penis itself not the scrotum and the surrounding flesh i saw a diagram of this it they like cut like an entire section out of someone's body yeah and like implanted it in this guy you know this has huge implications for like trans men as well yeah i was gonna ask you sure i don't want a penis you, I, you never have. I very briefly when I was with the last woman I was ever with, um, I know that she wanted a penis to partner, and so and toys just didn't do it for her, um, whether it was a strap on or a dildo vibrator, it didn't matter. Um, she so I back then I started considering it, but do but I then I had to get real with myself. I love my pussy. I just do. As do many. 
As do many. Well, <laughs> I want this surgery. Wait, so I want a penis <laughs> transplant, and I always have. What if they give you the wrong skin tone? Like, what if I don't care. Back they penis? can give me a. They can give me a a, a, oh a purple penis as long as it's big. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I, let's be real. If penis transplants were as easy and effective as breast transplants, every fucking man in America would have one. Can, everyone wants to have a bigger dick. Yeah. Also, when they were looking for donors, did they look for a guy with like a really big dick, or Probably. did they just go for like average? Like, I feel like I feel like you have to have some sort of request. Like, don't you? <laughs> I, like, I would want I would like, like eight by and... five. <laughs> circumcised. I wouldn't want to have to be circumcised after the transplant. I want that to. Uh, so it's been four weeks. The man says he feels whole again. He asked that his name not be published. Um. You know, they still, it, it's going to be a long time before they make sure that the organ isn't rejected. You're, you're sure. transplanting just such an enormous amount of tissue into a new uh, person's body. So yeah. hopefully it will be um, effective and successful. But like Jay said, it, this has huge implications for anyone who suffered uh, an injury down there or for trans men who want uh, genital reassignment. Because it, right now they can't really build a great penis. It's not great. It's not great, and and the way that they do it is they use a skin graft, and so it leaves you like horribly scarred wherever they remove the skin from. Yeah, it's not great. So good for him. And speaking of penises, our guest today has seen a few. She has starred in over 150 porn films before retiring and becoming an actress, uh, podcast host, and a stand-up comedian. Here is just a taste of the comedy stylings of Aaliyah Janine. I do realize I don't look like your typical porn star. I look more like one of those teachers that would sexually assault one of her students. <laughs> right? <laughs> it happened. It's the glasses and, and the sweater. It's, I get it. It's fine. I like to dress like this. I need to see you. It's kind of a thing. It's a thing. Although I would never do that. That's fucking, it's disgusting and highly disturbing. Teaching. <laughs> Please welcome to the ass, Aaliyah Janine. Come on. Hi, everybody. Come on, studio audience. There they are. Yay. Aaliyah, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for being, thanks for having me. You got into the building successfully, I see. I did. I did. He was very um, into a conversation. I didn't really want to interrupt the man. Did he recognize you from your work? No. (laughs) Wait, I don't want to sound racist. Was it a white man or a black man downstairs? It was a black man downstairs. Okay, he is so rude. You should should have bothered him. him Excuse me, I come for help. He needs to help me and do your job. This is JB, our associate producer, by the way. And this is Jay, my co-host. Hi, how are you? You too, you too. And our two nubile interns. Oh, I met them. I met them. Katie. I know Katie. I know They're Katie. quite nubile. So, Aaliyah, you and I met just a couple weeks ago for yeah, the first we did. time. We, we did, did a, um, a comedy show together that had a theme to it, which was porn. Yeah, which is why I was there, because you can't have a porn-themed show without a porn star. And, and not just a porn star, but I can't think of another porn star who became a comedian. Are you the only one? No. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, actually, I go on tour with uh, one of my very good friends, comedy partner, uh, Sovereign Sire. We go on tour together. Is that a woman? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, she's another performer. Um, there's a couple other ones. Like the way that I define is that there's some porn stars that like to dabble in comedy. And then there's um, porn stars or uh, comedians that used to do porn. Right. Kind of thing. So I'm the Right. Latter. I mean, there's always like if you're an, a, a working porn star, you might show up at a comedy show and... and do a set yeah but. yeah like there's a couple of girls i know misty martinez she she does like kill tony a lot at the comedy store she likes to do that there's a couple of other girls that like do shows and, and stuff like that but when it comes to like actually like doing comedy i think sovereign and i are probably the only ones that actually like go to open mics and write our own material and actually right. like take it as a career like sovereign opens up for mark Marin all the time so it's like cool yeah Take us through the whole trajectory of your career because it's had a lot of twists and turns. So many. Well, even before um, porn, I was a stripper. And before I was a stripper, I went to school to be a cop. And before I went to school to be a cop, I was um, a certified nursing assistant. And before that, like I used to bartend and waitress and I worked in factories. I was an armored car driver for a while. Her resume Um, reminds me of yours, Jay. (laughs) Jay, That's like Jay's like I was in the military and then I went to college and then I became a hooker. (laughs) 
I was a, I am a hooker, so there's that one too. Yeah. Um, I was a private investigator for a while. I did security wow. and stuff like that. So what yeah. job didn't you have? I feel like that would be a shorter list. It really um, would be um, nothing federal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing federal. Um, I don't, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like you're a jack of all trades. Yeah, I kind of always dabbled in a little bit of everything. You've done but, a lot of jacking. Yeah. That. <laughs> how did you actually get into, like, how did you get to your first scene in porn? Um, from that, um, well, I was a dancer and I um, had just moved to Florida. I'm originally from Wisconsin and I first moved to um, Florida and um, it was still the early 2000s. So, like, internet porn was really, like, booming. So, like... Um, feature entertainers like I wanted to be one of the girls that got paid to go like I would travel and stuff like that and I do burlesque shows and stuff so um, I needed credits basically and like nude modeling was kind of out with internet porn and, and stuff like that so I'm like okay let me go shoot like some solo masturbation stuff and it's like it was for the score group so I would get like a magazine I'm like oh this would be perfect for for this line of work and um, the company, they really wanted me for one of their um, bigger productions. Like they were making this big movie with like a script. It was called Mamazon appropriately. <laughs> and, um, and so I thought about it a lot and like I talked to my family and, and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, if anything, like I'm just going to make this one porno. And like, how old were you at the time? I was 30. Mm hmm. I was 30. Um, and then I ended up really liking it and then made a bunch more. <laughs> Moved to L.A. Did the whole thing. You did enjoy it. I did. Yeah. I'm actually like having withdrawals now, especially because like there's all these like attacks on sex workers and just porn in general. Like they're calling it an epidemic. And all that makes me want to do is just go fuck a bunch of people for money. Right. Because I'm like such a spiteful, <laughs> vengeful woman that I'm like, I will fuck all of you right now <laughs> just to spite you. Like I'm so angry at it. I'm like, I'm ready. And plus I'm 39. <laughs> plus I'm 39, so all I want to do is just hump everything right now. Yeah, that's the way when women get horny, right? Jesus, it's it's not normal. It's just <laughs> sure it is. <laughs> do you have a a, a partner? Do you, what's yeah, yeah. I have. Life? Um, I have a couple. I've always had. Um, I have men that I date, and then like I have like a boyfriend, and then I have people that I just bang. So you identify as hetero. Uh, well, no, no, I'm actually pansexual. I date oh, women. And, another one who has sex with pants. And um, I date trans um, trans people. So, yeah, pansexual. I haven't, um, well, there is a woman that I kind of mess around with every once in a while, but she's a little crazy, but she's amazing in the sack. So it's like, I get it, guys. I get it. What makes her amazing? Um, she's just really good at eating pussy. <laughs> like, it's really just because she does this thing with like her fingers that like only I think a woman would really know. Like a couple guys have came really close, but like she's just she's got good hands. On she it. knows the, uh, the the environment. Yeah. You? Yeah. She's very familiar. <laughs> so. So but you did decide to stop in like yeah. 2009. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was in the industry for about four years. Um, it's very mentally taxing. Like physically, it's fine, but like dealing with um, a lot of the fans, I have um, I have issues with a lot of my fans, um, especially the ones that don't pay for it, because the more majority of people don't pay for their porn, so they're having all these opinions and like what I should do and what I shouldn't do when they're not even paying for the fucking product. So like, yeah. <laughs> you talked about this a lot during the yeah. porn show. This is an important issue for you. Is, yeah. is people using Xtube and Pornhub and all of these quote unquote free sites yeah. to consume porn. And, you know, it never occurred to me as someone who uses these sites mm -hmm. that people like you yeah, it's like and directors and cameramen and everyone mm -hmm. else, they don't get a penny from any of that. No, no. A lot of times like performers, like we don't get residuals. We get like a set fee or whatever. And then like, let's say I shoot a scene for one company and then they make their money off that scene. And then what they do is that they sell it to like a different company that will turn it into like compilation DVDs. Like, like there's a couple, like one of my friends actually owned one of these companies. He took one of my scenes and put it in like eight different movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've seen or, that too. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so we don't get any of that either when, when they make those movies. So that there's that, but it's not necessarily like that's what what I signed up for. That's fine. But it's when um, it's when people download content because I owned my own website. Like I had a pay site and what people will do is sign up for, for the website and then they would download all the material and then do a chargeback on their credit card. Be like, oh, I didn't 
want this. This is a porn site. I could never, I would never go to that kind of thing and then go and upload those scenes to different tube sites. They stole them from you. Yeah. Oh, that's And that's literally what they do all the time. And then these tube sites, what they do is that they hire people from all over the world to just constantly be putting up this content. So like they have the DMCAs and stuff and they send them out, but it's like playing whack-a-mole basically with, with people's work. Right. Is it, I'm just thinking out loud, is it not regulated or enforced because is the law not enforced because it's porn and, and the authorities don't give a no, shit? No, it's the same with um, YouTube as well because Pornhub, all those sites are limit like are mimicking what YouTube does and YouTube is just mainstream movies and music and stuff like that and what the DMCA is is basically saying that um, the websites are not um, liable for what people put up. So like if if someone puts up a Marvel Marvel movie or something like that, Marvel has to catch it, send them to DMCA, and then they'll take it down. Like granted, like bigger companies like YouTube will automatically like take stuff down, but like Pornhub, they don't give a shit. <laughs> but no, but they don't give a shit because no one's making them give a shit. Yeah, well, there's a couple companies. My friend Nate Glass, he owns um, Takedown Piracy, where he created this software that. Um, that actually, like, if people download the scene and try to re-upload it somewhere else, it's, like, it's all distorted and it has, like, all the stuff on it. And then he sends, and it also sends him a ping where it automatically sends a DMCA to whoever, wherever that thing was uploaded on. So, like, different forums or different, like, tube sites. So it automatically does that. So companies, and he doesn't work with just porn. Like, he works with mainstream people as well. So, like, there's that. But, yeah, a lot of people... Like, they can't afford it anymore. <laughs> I, br- I brought this up during the show, though. How do you stop it when... Listen, I'm a, a, a horny gay guy who doesn't like paying for things. Yeah. If I can get free gay porn on Pornhub, why would I pay for it? Like, how do we stop yeah. this? How do we reverse this well, practice? One of, well, one of the things, because I'm going to school to be a psychologist, actually. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Just add it on there. Um, well, sex educator. Um... What I want to do is to change the language in the media and um, and in research because a lot of these articles and stuff like now in, in different states that, that are calling porn an, acade- uh, an epidemic, they're saying that it's um, free porn and, and technically porn isn't supposed to be free. It, it's pirated. So they need to focus on the fact that a lot of this stuff that they're so worried about what it's doing to society and, cu- and culture and rightfully so is that it's the free porn, not porn that people pay for and are accountable for their actions and, and for the In other words, if they, they were really concerned about this, they wouldn't attack the porn industry. They would attack these sites that are putting up this pirated material. Correct. That's interesting. And there wouldn't be this big of an issue if, like, because a lot of these porn sites, they don't have age verifications on them or anything like that. Like the UK right. just- Kids, have, little kids can get on the web- any day Anytime of the week, unless there's parental anything. controls that their parents and have done. And even then, kids are so smart now, like six-year-olds could get around that. I can't I'm imagine. Sure. Yeah. I you know, because so- the average age of, of kids that watch porn is like six to 12 years old. Like the first time they see hardcore pornography. And to think that that isn't going to, like with all the studies of children that watch like violent movies and play violent video games and how that affects their behavior to assume that watching like gangbangs and all this other stuff also isn't going to affect them. It's just ignorant. To me. Right. You seem like a, a very intelligent sort of woke <laughs> woman. I would imagine that you're a feminist. I have my moments. <laughs> oh, really? I have my moments. I mean, that's such a, oh, that's such a word that um, gets thrown around. So <laughs> Well, in, it, it, t- I would define feminism as equality, uh, believing yeah. in equality between yeah, men and women. Yeah, between all women. So there's a lot of women that are like, I'm a feminist, but like, we don't like sex workers. And it's right, like, then right. you're not a feminist. Well, so that's what I was going to ask you. So how do you feel about the feminist critique of mainstream porn, which says that it's exploitation of women, it's all male power and male fantasy and and that it actually harms women. They should probably stop talking and listen to the women that are actually performing in the scenes and have told them multiple times that that's not the way that it is. (laughs) Right. Because a lot of times, like, I felt more empowered and I've gained 
gained and learned so much about myself and like confidence and self-esteem and just being able to be open about my sexuality that like that's just asinine to me and plus I was like 30 years old I do think that there needs to be um, an age limit and to when um, performers can perform I definitely think 18 is too young too young I think 21 but I also think 21 should be the age that people should sign up to be able to go into the military because your brain isn't fully developed until you're in your mid-20s if you're lucky so like making those types of decisions like because they do affect your life a lot like porn I am always going to be known as a porn star no matter what else I do I'm always going to be known as that and so people need to think about that a little bit too Jay did you ever do porn no I was supposed to do a Buck Angel film I was I corresponded with with Buck Angel himself and um, he was going to be shooting in Philly which is where I'm originally from Um, and I at the time I was working at a top tier university in student affairs and my students are very internet savvy (laughs) Um, and I worked with a bunch of uh, multicultural centers so that included an LGBT center and so I knew that these kids were watching queer porn and and that they would see me they would see my scene and I just felt like maybe I would get fired (laughs) if that came out and I backed off the whole thing and I regret it now because I had the body to do it then (laughs) and uh, you still do I mean Listen, there's everyone's got a there's a niche, right? Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna do porn, but then um, nobody asked me. <laughs> I've done I could some. Get you in. I could get I, you. Thank you. I've done some amateur scenes, and uh, they will never see the light of day. They're not pretty. <laughs> I have great respect for people who do it well because I do not look good. Fucking, <laughs> Aaliyah, how did you deal, or maybe you didn't experience this? Was there any kind of stigma? from your family, from people that knew you, from the world at large, because you had had done 150 porn scenes? Um, my family is actually, they're fine um, with with that decision of, of doing that. Um, I did lose some of my friends, a lot of my male friends that I uh, happened to be married. Um, I lost a couple of Interesting, them. because their wives said, because their wives we don't want be you like, around we her. We cannot have you be friends with a porn star. Even one of my like really close friends from high school, and we dated in high school, and Married now, and, and like I, I knew his wife um, before they were even married, and like we got along great. And then for some reason, there was just one day that she's just like, You can't hang out with her anymore. And it was just like, and then she actually emailed me later. She's like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I did that. She was just an easy target. And I'm like, Yeah, that's exactly what it is, is yeah. that I'm an easy target. <laughs> but it never stopped you from, like Jay was mentioning, it never stopped you from getting a job or from. Well, I never really tried to get a normal job. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, I can do comedy. They'll accept yeah, anyone. I'm like, we could do that. No, um, there's, there's been, um, if anything, like I've been turned down for like, like mainstream roles just because I have too many tattoos or I have, I have um, three different um, baseball logos tattooed on my ankles. So oh, yeah, they that's were, a problem for for some. Yeah, so there's some people that are like, oh, we can't do that because I have the Brewers, the LA Dodgers and the New York Mets all cities that I lived in but they're like oh we could get in trouble for that because we're not paying for that now have you had sex with any of the players from those teams I plead the fifth ah there we go yes (laughs) baseball players are hot (laughs) they are fun You've you've done porn and stand up, and there was a time when in your career where they overlapped, right? A little bit, yeah. I was doing um, sketches in in L.A. like comedy skits and stuff like that, and um, that's kind of what got me into like really wanting to do it. I um, when I was a dancer, one of the clubs that I worked at actually had a comedy club underneath it. So I would like go down and, and watch the shows all the time. Like the technically the first time I ever did stand up was in front of Andrew Dice Clay in my stripper outfit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, like doing like horrible like stripper bar jokes that dudes love for some fucking reason. Uh- <laughs> Were you wearing what you had worn during your set at the strip club? Or yeah, did yeah. You change? It was, um, I have a picture of it. Um, it's like this gray hustler shirt, gray and pink hustler shirt, and like booty shorts. And then I had like um, gym socks on, pink and white gym socks on. And then I would have a hustler hat. I could see where guys would like that. Yeah. Did you find any similarities <laughs> between the two businesses, between porn and comedy? Uh, yeah. Uh, so much, actually. <laughs> I think really the only difference is the porn, like, they take off their clothes. <laughs> Just the mentality of, of, of a lot of the people, um, very similar, very, like, open, um, a lot of depression. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could see the same kinds of personalities yeah, wanting, tons, being attracted to both. Yeah, tons of the same personalities. Um, and a lot of this, like, we have to do a lot of the same stuff, especially, like, dancers, like strippers, the ones that travel a lot, you know, because we have... We have dance houses and stuff like that. Like you have comedy condos. We would have like the dancer apartments and and stuff like that, and the pay, and then dealing with like managers. I mean, it's all hustling. Yeah, it's hustling trying to get the next gig. Yep. (laughs) Aliyah, in the time we have remaining, it is time to play. Ask me no questions. Okay. Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah. How would you describe the perfect penis? Oh. Um. One that I could fit in all of my holes. I think that that's important. Like, if I can't fit it in my mouth, it's probably not going to fit anywhere else. That's good thinking. Thank you. What's something <laughs> What's something men think women like in bed, but women don't actually like? Um, they automatically want to stick the finger in the butthole without asking. Oh. Like, without asking. Like, ask first. Because you don't know what I ate. You know what I mean? Oh. It's like you took me out or whatever. I, I like I, You know what? I feel exactly the same Thank way. Thank you. I don't, I don't particularly like fingers back there anyway. Yeah. Who is your celebrity crush? Oh, um... <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a lot. There's so many. I want to fuck everybody. Can I just... Okay. <laughs> so everyone, everyone is your celebrity crush. Almost everyone. <laughs> What's your say. type? Like, if there's one, do you like uh, do you like older guys? Do you like younger guys? Do you like muscle muscly dudes or uh, ones that breathe are nice and don't talk that much are great. Oh, you like would hate pr- me. Uh, pr- like the less they talk and the prettier they are, the better off I am. Okay. So, so <laughs> dumb, hung, and full of cum. Right, yes. So like dumb and pretty. Yes. Uh, you Same men- with women. <laughs> yeah, they, hey, you mentioned fingers in your butthole. Do you enjoy anal sex? I do, actually. I do like it. So I've got a question about that. Please. Yeah. Did, I, I, do you ever wonder why we like that? Like, like so you and I have yeah. the same like physiology, yeah. I assume. Um, and, you know, we don't have a prostate. No. And that's supposed to be like what makes it feels good it feel good. But I love anal as well. Yeah. And I can't And like that. for some reason like the deeper it is, like that's when it feels and I'm not sure if it's like reaching somehow and like hitting us. Yeah. I often wonder this too. Well but the it, back yeah. of the clitoris is actually through the anus. So like you, yeah, it has to be like deep. Like yeah. I actually have to have like because normally I don't like super long penises in my vagina, but in my butt it's amazing. Yeah, if it's deep enough, it could hit the back of the clitoris. Okay, that makes so much sense. Thank yeah. you. I don't know how JB knows that, but yeah. oh, biology, <laughs> science was one of my best subjects. There you go. <laughs> like, what is, Aaliyah, what's the first joke you ever told on stage? Oh, Probably one of those stripper jokes, Yeah, right? I did it already on a different show. You want me to do it again? Sure. Okay. God, it's such a horrible fucking thing. Okay, so you're um, you're driving down the road, and there's um, a zebra in front of you, a unicorn on the left of you, and um, a horse behind you. Uh, you want to get past them, but you're all going the same speed. And, and if you go too fast, you'll hit the zebra. You go to the left, you'll hit the unicorn. And you slow down, you'll hit the horse. So so what do you do? What do you do? You get your drunk ass off the merry-go-round and go home. <laughs> That's cute. Did you write that? No, I did not. <laughs> That's cute, though. No, it's just a bar. Like, I've learned, I was a bartender for so long, you just learn yeah. stupid things. What, what comedians have inspired you? Oh my goodness! Um, Lily Tomaine and Tomlin, sorry, and um, Joan Rivers. Um, I'm gonna say Roseanne Barr. We know it's problematic it's, right it's, now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> when I was younger, <laughs> younger Roseanne Barr. Should I say that? Um, George Carlin. I mean, I have to say, Breyer. I still think the Roseanne reboot is genius. I'm I really enjoying I it. I seen it. I, I feel so conflicted about it because she's so vile Yeah. and really just has become a horrible person, but man, that show's good. Yeah. You know, Jay Ryan and I just watched the last episode together. We both yeah. cried. Really? It was, it's really good uh, stuff. I mean, it was always a good show. Um, I know. Ellen DeGeneres, I've always Brilliant. liked her. Yeah. yeah. So, women. A lot of women, yeah. I grew up... Um, Carol Burnett. I grew up, my dad, um, surprisingly, was actually pretty feminist and loved, like, girl rock bands and, like, um, female comedians and stuff like that. So I grew up with with that, which was cool. cool. One word to describe Donald Trump. Can I just do no words? So I have to... (laughs) Not even even worth a word. Not even worth a fucking word. 
You mentioned uh, that you missed porn. Are you going back? Will you go back? Oh, God. Um, Well, I have an OnlyFans thing, which is like Twitter for hookers. Yeah. Yeah. And you Uh, make money. Yeah. I actually make a lot of... I haven't updated it um, in a while, and I'm so sorry, guys, Um, but some of you are fucking annoying. Um, (laughs) Do you fuck on it, or is it just No, no. A lot of it's solo masturbation stuff, Mm -hmm. but um, I am thinking, like I did put out there, that I could add a couple of girls, but then I realized that like... So I don't know. It's debatable. Well, we're, they'd we're, have to pay them too. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a thing. It's debatable. We don't know. All right. I Seems just, like everyone I know has an OnlyFans site. You should probably do that. Yeah, I've, I've looked into it. Yes. What uh, What's the one food you will never put in your mouth, Aaliyah? Eel, I guess. I don't know. Eel kind of creeps me out. I wouldn't eat eel. I like the eel sauce though when it's like mixed with the stuff. squid ink. Gross. Uh, your Aaliyah, the Aaliyah Janine. A-L-I-A, Janine, on Twitter. And you are the co-host of not one, but two podcasts. Is that right? Yes. Um, Hormones Podcast and Impeccable Taste Podcast. Um, they're both on hiatus until June when I graduate because um, I don't. I need brains. I need my brains right now. So look, look for both of those on iTunes, right? If yes, you, iTunes. To hear back um, episodes. Spotify, SoundCloud. And uh, where else can people follow you? Um, you can check out my website, aliajanine.com and aliyah.janine on Instagram. Thank you so much for being here, Thanks Jay. For me. You'll be back next week. Yes. And uh, next week, our guest is Time Out New York theater critic Adam Feldman. Have a great week, bitches. <laughs>